This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, yes, good morning, good afternoon. Ah. <sighs> Uh, I was just reading the lips of King Charles and uh, Prince William and uh, Harry. The New York Post has a huge headline. Go ahead. You can read the lips. They had a lip reader. It's a big headline. We have what they were actually talking about at the funeral. And I'm like, like a schmuck, I click on it. I, well, it's got to be pretty juicy. They made it headline news. What are they saying? How did they incriminate themselves? What are they talking about? Jeffrey Epstein? What could it be? <laughs> Would you like to go first or shall I? No, right after you. That's what they said. Um, should the children come? Yes, the children should come. Oh, very well. Good. <laughs> I, I love the New York Post, but sometimes, you know, this whole clickbait culture, they're all screwing us around all the time, trying to get us to press click. Hey, things are interesting enough as they are. Just, did you notice that? They change it. They they make it seem, they, they don't tell you exactly what the story is in the headline. That used to be the art, you know? Um King William, uh, excessively polite at funeral with brother. No, now it's like, you know, King William says something secret to his brother. Click for more information or, you know, just uh, I don't like that. Do you? It's it's a waste of time. It's uh, but anyway, it's minor. We've got much more important things than the niceties at a funeral, although it was wild. Did you see my show? I put the picture up of um, where Joe Biden was sitting in the very back of the church. How could they? It, it's really it's embarrassing to all of us. It was the leader of the free world, Joe Biden. They stick him in the back with the prince of uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Montenegro. Uh, the emperor of Japan was sitting in the sixth row. Uh, the president of Poland was a few rows in front of Joe Biden. It, that's that's where we come now in the world. We're just kind of like another country, at least when it comes to our leadership. He's uh, a broken down guy. Nobody respects him home or abroad. And that was just, you know, visual confirmation of it all. And Trump jumped right on this. <laughs> Love the guy. Look at Joe Biden getting acquainted with various third world leaders in the back of the church. If I had been there, I would have been in the front row. Believe me. And he's right. He, he may not in the front row, but he would have been up front with the with the first world leader would have been him. Maybe Putin. Did Putin go? No, Putin didn't go. But you got to put the president of the United States, whoever it is. And this is one of those situations where I wanted Joe Biden to actually sit in the front to be respected it's it's not happening it's really said hey trump continues to win in court these are minor wins but every battle they've had in court the trump team is winning all right now this judge cannon is uh fantastic she's not being bullied by the by the doj she sees major problems she knows what's going on here Desperate career prosecutors and uh, a, a corrupt political class is trying to do anything they can to stop Trump. She knows it. 
And I think that's not – we don't give enough credit to judges sometimes. i got to ask Judge Weinberg about this. You know, the judge – hopefully we pay the judge more than to just read the law and say, okay, well, whoever wrote the law meant this, therefore this. I know part of me likes that, but at the same time, part of me believes that they need to be a little bit more savvy, have a little bit more sense of what's going on in the real world, you know? Um and this judge, I believe, does, and that's fantastic. Good for her. I like her a lot. Um, they won't let – wait, what's going on? Why do I hear this? Uh, is, is somebody playing a radio in here? Oh, the headphones are on. Curtis left his headphones in. I love Curtis, by the way. You know, I do wonder. Curtis uh, uses this microphone. I use this microphone. Uh Sid Rosenberg uses this microphone. I mean, a lot of people use the same microphone. Do we ever clean the microphone? I've never seen. I see tables get cleaned. I see rugs get vacuumed. I see glasses get cleaned. I mean, I can only imagine how much biological material has been absorbed by this microphone, and it's never cleaned. It's just there all the time. Um, Curtis is a fantastic individual. I don't think... He wants my germs. I certainly don't want his germs, which, let's face it, Curtis, no offense. you got a lot of cat on you, all right? We all know you love your cats. I'm more of a dog person myself, although these days uh, I can't have a dog. I, I Who's going to walk the dog, all right? And by the way, who's going to go for a walk? Who's going to go for a walk? Going for a walk used to be something I did at night. I haven't done it uh, since the pandemic. Like, I remember going out at night during the pandemic. It was so wild. It was so quiet. It was weird it was kind of it was so interesting i got some great videos and um where you know it's like that you're the last man on earth but uh, i can't go for a walk right now i I might run into the axe man the axe man is out there it's a no joke thing he is out there did you see it i broke it down beautifully last night on the newsmax show at 10 p.m eastern time um this individual who actually sounds like he's not insane but if you listen carefully oh yeah he's crazy you remember what happened at the McDonald's? Somebody, uh, he insulted somebody, so he started punching out people. And then they ganged up on him and threw a few punches his way. Uh, he's out. He's out on the streets right now. He thinks it's fine. I guess Kathy Hochul does as well. Here, Here's a little bit of the uh, melee from Saturday morning, cut 19. can't really. All right, let's go to the part where he pulls out the actual hatchet. I think this is it. Cut 20 is uh, cut 21. Nah, I go for he look like he about to get said it. Bro, please. Bro, 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 please stop. <laughs> Yeah, that's when he comes out with the hatchet. He's got a little axe in his uh, in his knapsack. He busts up the place. Cut twenty two. Oh, oh! He's breaking everything with his axe. Oh, oh! With an axe? With an axe? So pandemonium. Wow, 
What's going on? What's going on? Call the cops. Anyway, this guy gets away. He gets away. Uh, he was arrested. He was in custody for five minutes. And then the news introduces him or meets him on the street. Again, he's already out of jail. This is Michael Palacios. I guess he's a delivery boy. He's a messenger, delivery guy. Cut 24. My intentions were not to hurt anyone. My intentions were not to put anyone in a hospital or dice anybody up. The reason why I pulled out the hatchet was because, okay, I'm going to get back at these guys, but I'm going to make sure that they don't jump me again. Well, I will give him this. He didn't hack anybody up. He just destroyed the McDonald's. Um, he punched various people. Um, but I don't think, you know, if, if you pick up the phone call and you threaten somebody over the phone, I think that's uh, that's a crime, right? If you're standing there in the middle of a restaurant with an axe in your hand and you're threatening people, that's a crime, too. So why do you have this uh, this uh, this axe? He calls it a tomahawk. Why? What, what's going on with that, Mr. Palacios? Here's his explanation. Listen carefully. Cut 25. I'm always out there on the road, so I'm always actually getting into it with drivers, which is what the tomahawk is for. It's not for people. It's for trees and, you know, vehicles. Yeah, trees and, you know, vehicles. He's he's obviously, he wants that as a defense mechanism, weapon, offensive weapon, whatever, to what for drivers. He gets into it. You know, these drivers are always yelling at each other, the drivers, the bikers, the bikers. You guys are almost always in the wrong, by the way. Always, always, always in the wrong. You're terrible, every single one of you, especially you uh, city bike riders, okay, who you just take it to work. Oh, look at me. I'm on a city bike. You're going through red lights. I don't know what the hell it is about you people and your arrogance. Get the hell off the bike. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to hurt somebody else. And don't whatever about the, the those electric scooters. Did you hear one blew up? One blew up in some house in Queens. The whole place burned down. Didn't we learn our lesson with the hoverboard? The hoverboard was a major problem. It was actually a lot of fun. I had one, but then they started blowing up all over the place, and we um, they basically were outlawed. They were De Blasio outlawed them, and then they kind of came back. We just blew off that law, and they're everywhere now. Um, city is changing in so many dark ways. Now, Joe Biden was on the news on 60 Minutes. Did you see it, by the way? What didn't they ask him? They didn't ask him about the border. They didn't ask him about crime. They didn't ask him about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, look, the laptop is real. Mr. President, you told 70 million people who were watching the debate that it was Russia disinformation. What do you say now? I mean, just something general. If you don't want to just don't we deserve don't, shouldn't that be revisited? Uh, nope. He, uh, he got away with, he got away with murder, although he did a lot of, he made a lot of mistakes. Um, now you could say, well, what difference does it make street crime to a president of the United States, right? A president of the United States has much more important things to worry about, right? Than street crime. No, actually, this is a prime issue people are very, very understandably, uh, some are scared, some are apprehensive, some are redesigning their lives because of crime everywhere. And it deserves presidential attention. It deserves presidential action. President Trump would have gotten on the phone and straightened out these crazy governors. Absolutely. You get on the phone, and if the governor won't listen to you, you get on the phone and you threaten D.A. Alvin Bragg. You don't threaten him physically. You say, I am going to cut off every last cent of federal money that you've been getting, and I am going to send my own investigators. You know, the president's allowed to do that. <laughs> the president is allowed to do But no, it just persists. Nobody seems to care. Nobody's being creative or actually looking at what they can do. 
It's funny how the only people who were allowed to talk about crime uh, were Democrats complaining about white cops. You know who did that? The best, Barack Obama. There was a an argument in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and Barack Obama decided in the White House, one of the first things he did, that the cop had to have been acting stupidly, even though he didn't know anything. Remember this about Professor Gates? We talked about it, but here's the sound. This is Barack Obama going where he has no information whatsoever, July 2009, taking the side of uh, nut job Professor Gates who everybody understands is wrapped way too tight. Nice guy, but even Obama says in his book that he's kind of a jerk. And he takes the side of the cop. Cut 26. I don't know, not having been there and not seeing all the facts, what role race played in that. Hey, hold on a second. That would be a good time to shut up, don't you think? I don't know what role, having not have all the facts, What right? But that he doesn't stop because he's Barack Obama. He's the Obama. He's a, yeah, can do no wrong. Oh, and this is the big thing about him, all right? You know what? It really, being black was, being black made him special, especially in dealing with the white power structure. Absolutely. Cut 26, please. I don't know, not having been there and not seeing all the facts, what role race played in that. But I think it's fair to say, number one, any of us would be pretty angry. Number two, that... The Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly in arresting somebody when they, there was already proof that they were in their own home. It's not so simple. It's not so simple. And you don't have all the facts, and you're calling the cops stupid. You're calling. Now, Professor Gates was observed breaking into his own home, right? Breaking into his own home. He left his keys inside. Look, this has happened to me a million times in Garden City. Now, I had a window, a special window that I knew was always open. I'd go, basically, the neighbors couldn't see me going in there. But if one did, if they called the cops and the cops came, and I live here, but then I proceeded to curse out the cop and call him all kinds of names and say this, that, and the other thing, I might be in trouble. Gates found himself in trouble. Obama made a federal case out of it, literally, and this started So much. I don't think we would have had Black Lives Matter if it wasn't for that moment. Do I have time for the one more thing? Now, listen to this. Do me a favor. Uh, When it comes to stop and frisk, he stupidly goes there and says stuff that is entirely wrong. Cut 27. What I think we know separate and apart from this incident is that uh, there is a long history in this country of African-Americans and Latinos uh, being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. Okay. There's African-Americans. Unfortunately, there is a long history in this country of African-Americans and Latinos c- committing a disproportionate amount of the crime. Now, if everybody were stopped and frisked, questioned and frisked, just according to their uh, representation in the population, half of all stops would be women. You see how absurd this is, right? It doesn't work that way, Mr. President, but your phony baloney narrative, it started a cancer, and we're still in the middle of it. I'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Ice Woman meets the Axe Man. The Ice Woman being Kathy Hochul. What cold is ice, right? We are suffering down here. We are suffering, and she does not care. She is raising crazy amounts of money, uh, giving crazy lucrative contracts to her donors. This is a real thing, everybody, and I think that she could be in big, big trouble. The Times Union, the paper up in Albany, listen to this. Governor Kathy Hochul maintains that her administration paid a vendor $637 million last winter for COVID tests and that she was unaware the recipient was a campaign donor. Think about how much money that is, $637 million. Okay, they paid to a vendor, a very small company, by the way, for COVID-19 tests. Uh, I was not aware that this was a company that had been supportive of me, Hochul told reporters. I don't keep track of that. My team, they have no idea. Well, this is becoming more and more incredible, as in we do not believe Kathy Hochul. Um, a month before the Hochul administration struck the deals, records show the company's founder threw an in-person campaign fundraiser for Hochul. Not too many people. You know, you raise money online. You raise money, but an in-person uh, fundraiser, you're going to know that person. You, you're going to go to somebody's house or some venue that they rented, you, and you're the draw. You're going to know who that person is. There's absolutely no way she didn't and did not know about this uh, this major contract. No way. No way. Kathy, you're dirty. Excuse me, but I think you're dirty. Um, according to Hochul's campaign disclosure forms, the November 22nd fundraiser was thrown by Charlie Tabelli, Founder of Digital Gadgets, LLC. Digital Gadgets. Digital Gadgets doesn't sound like the kind of company that should be getting a half billion dollars for COVID tests, right? Digital Gadgets. Digital Gadgets sounds like those little machines that kids have. You know, you shake your hand and get a buzz. That's a gadget company. Uh, That's not a COVID testing company. Uh, A month after the fundraiser, the company would begin reaping $637 million in payments from Hochul's administration to facilitate the purchase of 52 million at-home rapid coronavirus tests. You know, by the way, we probably did way too much testing. If you have symptoms, stay home. What difference does it make if you actually have it? In the early stages, it actually made no difference. You could figure it out for yourself. Did you lose taste? Yes. What What would you do differently if you had COVID or didn't? If it was the flu or something else? you got to isolate anyway. The deal was enabled by Hochul's revived suspension of competitive bidding rules for the administration's purchase of COVID-19 supplies. A policy change. Uh, it was an executive order. Hochul suspended those rules on November 26, four days after the Tapelli fundraiser. A Hochul spokeswoman did not directly address the governor's July statement that she'd been unaware of digital gadgets and that it was associated with a campaign supporter. Really? Somebody named Hazel Crampton Hayes. Hazel Crampton Hayes. Was she on Green Acres? Um, 
A spokeswoman for Hochul said the governor did not oversee the procurement process and was not involved in the day-to-day procurement decisions. Well, day-to-day, you don't give a contract day-to-day. You give it once, okay? Day-to-day, that's different. It's, uh, this, is, this is what we call a non-denial denial. She simply instructed her team to purchase as many available tests as possible to meet the tremendous need across the street. And they did exactly that to keep New Yorkers safe. As we have always said, campaign donations do not have any influence on government decisions, and we reject any implication otherwise. Oh, Hazel Crampton Hayes said. The Tabelli family had donated, are you ready for this? $300,000 to Hochul's campaign. One family, $300,000. Would you ever in a million years, all right, because you think someone is just a good governor or a good congressman, give them $300,000 unless you wanted something massive in return. And by the way, don't do it because uh, that's corrupt, quite frankly, in my book. Uh, Tabelli had thrown her two campaign fundraisers, one a month before the purchase orders were executed and one on April 10th, two weeks after the payments were complete. Huh. Let's see if I can. Can you connect the dots here? Are we smart enough to connect the dots? In instances involving other campaign donors, email show Hochul has discussed state government business at fundraisers, and her campaign staff helped connect those donors with high-ranking staff in Hochul's executive chamber. Uh, executive chamber. Mr. Tabelli has never had a conversation about Department of Health business with the governor ever. Mm, Department of Health business. Well, what about his own business? Okay, what about what about Gadgets Incorporated? What was it called? Gadgets R Us. Uh, according to Digital Gadgets, Tabelli never spoke to the Hochul campaign about providing the COVID nineteen tests. Digital Gadgets, which had previously landed state contracts, became aware of the need for tests based on public media reports, according to. The company, Digital Gadgets, declined to say how the company came into contact with the Hochul administration concerning the sale. Hochul's campaign declined to answer questions about any interaction between its staff or the governor with the company. Hmm, no one's talking. No one's talking. We know the truth. Lee Zeldin, we are rooting for you. This woman is ripe for ouster. Good luck. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it? a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, a lot of uh, diplomats, foreign leaders in New York, and a lot of security. Um, I knew these guys were from out of town. It was interesting. They get out of a police car. They're all wearing suits. It was an NYPD car, and you don't normally see uh, guys in suits get out of an NYPD patrol car, but they did. And I'm like, what's going on here? I just thought to myself, just for a split second, and obviously it was um, one group of detectives showing another group of detectives the ropes and the two, two in, I don't know what they were, but they say to the two cops, say to the other one, can you recommend a nearby delicatessen? <laughs> it's like, okay, these guys are Secret Service. They're not from New York. 
And uh, I figured out who the cops were because they're like, yeah, you can go. You can try a couple of places. Why don't you go? <laughs> anyway, can you recommend a nearby delicatessen? Um, we love those guys. Uh, keeping us safe, right? Well, keeping the diplomats safe. The rest of us, I guess we're kind of on our own. Um, you can't. <laughs> we, 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 this madness will end. There's a lot of reasons. To vote. I, you know what? I, the media all the time, especially the local news, local news totally totally stinks it's woke as hell all right number one it's woke politically correct um they get totally flustered and overdo it they never even mention race interestingly right the suspect nope they won't say they they don't even say white they don't say black they just say a light complexion a dark complexion all right uh hello i mean let's be real here okay is it a white guy is it a black guy just relax and say it okay and they're woke across the board with everything, even small towns like, OK, New York City, liberal, whatever. I don't like it, but I mean, I don't like the liberal slant, but Akron, Ohio. Who's ever been to Akron, Ohio? I've never been. I drove through Ohio once. There's a city named Akron somewhere in there. Did you know that Akron was woke as hell and as a woke media department? Oh, yeah, because there is a new center at a hospital, downtown Akron Hospital, it's designed to make uh, tr- children who are questioning their gender feel comfortable. Seven-year-olds can go to this center and undergo hormonal treatment, and uh, seven and up, by the way. So if you're 10 or 11, you can take drugs to stop puberty, puberty blockers. That's a real thing, and it's disgusting, all right? We don't know the first damn thing about that, and we got Dr. Levine the other, the freak uh, HHS deputy secretary, whatever she is, wearing the uniform. You know, she was born Dennis Levine. Anyway, pushing this stuff. And, and and why would a reporter named Bob Jones listen to this guy? He seems he looks like a regular guy. He is a totally regular Midwestern reporter. Listen to how he seems to be totally fine with this crazy, perverted fixation that the portions of the medical community have with children changing their gender. Okay? Let's see here. News 5. News 5, Akron. Let's see here. Uh, cut 44. When I was younger, uh, transgender wasn't really a thing we talked about. Julianne Boylan is a transgender woman who's happy to hear about the new Center for Gender-Affirming Medicine in the Adolescent Medicine Department at Akron Children's Hospital. Julianne repressed her true identity for years and says something like the Center could have made a huge difference. This is a big difference maker because children now can go in, they have some time to think about what they where they're at uh, to examine where they're at Akron children's doctors along with a nurse social worker mental health therapist and an endocrinologist are seeing patients as young as seven as old as 25 you know I feel like Mr. Hand in uh, fast times at Ridgemont High a lot these days what am I hallucinating am I freaking hallucinating this is a local news report and they're pretending that this is all normal a new center for seven-year-olds to 25-year-olds to mess around with their... I, look, 18 and up, fine. But what about 7 to 17? What about 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? Huh? Yeah, that's the, this is the way. This is this is what corporate America, this is what the woke left, this is so you're just going to go along with it, are you? Bob Jones. Gets worse. Next, cut 45. The hospital does not do sex re-injuries, but it does offer pubertal suppression treatment. Pubertal suppression buys time. 
So what it does, it sort of holds back. Did that come through? Is it breaking up? It's breaking up in my ear. You heard the whole thing? Good. That guy was a freak. I couldn't say that on TV. Is he even a doctor? He's interviewing a doctor. He's wearing a this like he looks uh, as doctorish as Fetterman. Okay, Fetterman wearing that broken down hoodie and his hair is all disheveled and he sounds a little bit weird to me. Mm, Keep going with this. Cut 46. The center stressed other services offered to the LGBTQ community include education, supportive care for youth and their families, and gender-affirming hormone therapy. And so that would allow them to have body changes that would be consistent with their identity. Body changes that would be consistent with their identity. Why don't you stay the freaking hell out of it, you freak? You little pervert? Dr. Kasich. Is that his name? Is he related to the other one? That's a doctor. Seven-year-olds can come to this center and undergo gender-affirming hormone treatment. Did you hear about the puberty, uh, the puberty blocker? Also, what do they call it? Puberty? Puberty? Um, let's hear from Bob Jones. He's going to wrap it up. Wait, is Bob Jones going to go and talk to others who may not be down with this? Let's see. Let's give him a chance, huh? Cut 47. Hospital staff say that time and travel was an issue for transgender children and their families in the Akron area before the center opened. That's because similar centers are further away in Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. Live in Akron, Bob Jones, News 5. Wow, okay, so convenient. Now we can do this to our children locally. Thanks, Bob. You want to talk to uh, 70% of the country who thinks that this stuff is abhorrent? That it's child abuse? I guess not. Well, we'll do your job for you. So can you play that, doctor? We have a great, brave physician who stands up in the middle of her workday. She's got all the stuff on. All right. She's a doctor. And she says this puberty blocker stuff. Guess what? It's bad for you. It really is bad for you. In some ways that might be surprising. Go ahead. Hi, this is Dr. Christie. I just want to give a brief public service announcement. I feel a responsibility as a physician to be honest about puberty blockers and hormonal therapy in teenagers. This can lead to infertility, and I don't know if that's really well known. Um, That means that you would never be able to have your own children. It really is important to go through puberty at your normal sex as your normal sex and at your normal rate and not arrest that process. Um, Give your body time to complete the process before you start changing things that could have long-term implications. So I want you to be smart about it. That's what I'm here for. Help you out. Thank you, Dr. Christie. Finally, a voice of sanity. Wow. Did you know that about puberty blockers? They can make you infertile. They can uh, ruin the chances of a boy uh, being able to be a father or a girl being able to have a a, a baby someday. I think this is pretty, that's pretty important. Uh, But Bob Jones doesn't bother to do that. Bob Jones, I don't know. I I don't know where he is ideologically. I have a feeling he's a middle-of-the-road kind of guy who's just been swept away mindlessly by all this stuff. And that woman, Dr. Christie, oh, by the way, not that this is important, but I think it might be applicable. This was posted on a place on a website called Gays Against Groomers. 
So there are all kinds of people in the so-called LGBTQ community, and I don't like calling it a community because it's just, I mean, there's, it's, it's kind of silly. It's a gross oversimplification. But there are LGBTQ people who don't believe in this stuff, who think it's harmful to children. One of my favorites happens to be Christine in Middletown, Connecticut, who happens to be a transgender uh, woman, and she's something like 50-something years old, and she transitioned when she was an adult, just like another person I like, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Hey, when I met Caitlyn Jenner and I met Caitlyn uh, before the transition, I met Bruce, and I met Caitlyn, I didn't talk about any of this stuff because it's not interesting. Now, Caitlyn Jenner happens to be an amazing pilot. Did you know that? Flies helicopters, flies seaplanes, flies cargo planes. I like to talk about that stuff. And her policy basically is, hey, if you want to think, if you want to know any of my transgender issues, go to my website. It's all there. Questions and answers. Anything you want. It's all there. So um, Gays Against Groomers is now being targeted by uh, Facebook, by Twitter. They're being chased offline again because it really gets under the skin of the far left orthodoxy that LGBTQIA people must be are automatically left-wing lunatics. Now, that's not true. It's just not true. The orthodoxy wants to say that, that you know, white men are this way and, and a gay person is that way. It's it just we are so much more than that, don't you? Th- of, of course we are. We know that. We all know that. All right. Uh, I mentioned, well, why do they bring up Fetterman? Oh, because he's uh, all dumpy and weird, and he has no business being in the United States Senate. Uh, are they really going to do it? Did you hear that this guy once came out and said, and I think this might still be his position as lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, that all second-degree convicted murderers should be out of jail, should be out. Well, that's uh, that's crazy talk, don't you think? That really is. But in today's crazy society where you've convinced a guy named Bob Jones in Akron, Ohio, that giving hormonal therapy, sex change therapy to a 7-year-old is somehow A-OK, and you can't even stick your neck out to say something about it, well, why wouldn't? A guy like Fetterman be escorted to the United States Senate. It's not going to happen because the people aren't afraid to be who they are. You, Bob Jones, you leftists, you think you're conforming. We're not. We're not. And and <laughs> he's not qualified just based on this. Listen, cut 49. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace... Pat Toomey, I can champion the union way of life in Jersey, in, excuse me, in D.C. Being anti-union is anti-American. What is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income? I know a... Senator from Pennsylvania doesn't have their finger on the nuclear button, but I think you need a guy who didn't just have a stroke. Sorry, but I think that's right. He's ineligible. And they're so arrogant. The Democrats, the left, they're so arrogant that they think they can get this guy over the finish line because they control social media, because they control the mainstream media, because they control elections. 
Is Pennsylvania really that lost? I don't think so. Hey, Pennsylvania, you're listening, right? Are you going to let this happen? <laughs> I uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Dr. Oz is a great guy. You know, he's everybody. He's a great guy right until you go into politics. Then they're out to destroy you. Uh, but you can't stop him. He's uh, totally brilliant. He is totally committed. And I like these people. I like these people who go into pub- politics, public service, not because they they have to, but because they want to. All right. Eric Adams, who the hell's going to hire Eric Adams? <laughs> other than other than 200,000 Democrats who you can fool. Right. No one would ever hire him. What, what are his skills? I see you were a cop a long time ago with a crummy record. I see you sent a, lunch, a bunch of letters uh, that you had somebody write for you when you were a Brooklyn Borough president. I see you had a bunch of press conferences that you'd beg New York One to attend. Sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. I see there's a viral video of you on the floor of the Albany State House begging for a raise. I demand a raise. I want a raise. I deserve a raise for the money. I want the money. He did that. He he did that. That's his claim to fame. That that and uh, nice suits. Uh, no, I don't think so. I know I got some some conservative friends who are really wrapped up about the messaging. Our Republicans are falling behind on the messaging. This is a lived experience of people. People know it in their bones. They're not. Doesn't matter what Mark Penn or Dave Schoen or whoever that guy is on on Fox. And by the way, Fox, man, oh man, you can have it. it number one, it's boring most of the time. All right, just most of the time. You know who I like? Uh, it goes without saying, I like Tucker, but I also like Greg Gutfeld, and I also like this Tyrus guy. Is that his name, Tyrus? He actually makes some really great points. He does it in the most entertaining way. He's interesting. He's out of the box. And, uh, you know, at first I couldn't get past the what the hell's up with the rings and the hat and who is this guy. And But uh, whatever. Finally, I just that, that, that kind of faded into the background. He's really clever. He's really good. Uh, keep it up there, Tyrus. Tyrus? He was like a wrestler or something like that. Uh, all right. Back here. Hey. Congratulations to um, Governor Abbott, to Governor DeSantis. This thing, at first, I was like, mm, I kind of cringed a little bit. I love it. Getting these immigrants on the planes, sending them to places like Martha's Vineyard, Chicago. Did you see they broke out the National Guard? Democrats won't break out the National Guard during the summer of Black Lives Matter. All those riots, all that carnage, all that destru- destruction. No National Guard. But they brought him out for those 50, those 50 migrants on Martha's Vineyard. And you know what? They don't seem to care about all tonight. I'll show you how many migrants have died uh, this year alone. And the left does not care one damn. They show up at Martha's Vineyard and it's DeSantis is guilty of genocide. Wow. They really are shameless. They really are. It's a brilliant move. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi. All right. We're going to start doing the calls every time at the same, every day at the same time. About now. Uh, Amy in New Jersey, yes. Hi, Greg. How are you? Fine, fine. What can I do for you? Yes. The reason why Joe Biden was late to the um, funeral 
He refused to take the bus shuttle that all the other diplomats took. So he insisted on taking his own uh, transportation. They called the beast. That's why he was late. Uh, you know, I heard about the bus shuttle idea, which seemed to me to be a pretty crummy and weird idea. Uh, I just, I could not, um, uh, <laughs> a bus shuttle for heads of state? No, no. You know, the Brits are, let's face it, they're pretty high maintenance or whatever. I don't care about that. I, if he didn't get on that shuttle bus, I don't know if it was his call or the Secret Service's call, but you don't put a president on the of the United States on a bus with a bunch of people. You let him take his own car for safety reasons, for protocol reasons, and then you put him in the front of the church where you put him as far as you can get to the front, right behind the family. So I don't blame him for not getting in that bus. Don't you? Oh, I agree. I 100%. 100%. And let's face it, the Brits have been a little bit, you know, okay, over the top with all this stuff, right? I mean, I love the Queen, but enough's enough. Amy, thank you. Uh, I'm going to check into that a little bit more. Jack in Floral Park. Are you on the Queens side or the Nassau County side? The little smidgen of Floral Park is in Queens, right? Yes, it is. But I'm on the Nassau County side. And as a matter of fact, right now I'm right near uh, Stewart Avenue, near Garden City. So I'll wave to where you used to live as a youngster. Thank you. Uh, So what's going on? Well, you know, I found out something yesterday. And I always like to turn things around and say, well, what if black were white and white were black? And I found out yesterday and researched it as well. And even Snopes, the liberal fact checker, says it's true that Joe what? Biden's family owned slaves. And how come we don't hear about this on uh, on the mainstream media? And if it were Trump's family, oh my gosh, their heads would explode. Well, listen, I uh, if they did own slaves, and I heard murmurings about that. Honestly, I'm not going to hold that against Joe. There's a lot of reasons to not like Joe Biden. All right, a lot of reasons. <laughs> but if his great 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 grandfather owned slaves, that ain't one of the reasons. I'm sorry. I just I I I, I don't I don't see it that way. Uh, yeah, we all know about the double standards, but it's just not. Hey, you want to hear something? Nancy Pelosi's brother was arrested and charged with child rape in the 1960s. Did you know that one? Did no, you know that, sir. Jack? Yeah, I'm gonna work. I'm working on that right now. I have the documentation. He was arrested, charged with about 11 other guys of raping 11 and 12 year old girls. Now, he was found not guilty of the, I, I, but he was charged. He was arrested and lived the rest of his life in quiet obscurity for some reason, huh? Anyway, more on that tomorrow. Thank you. I mean, tonight, tonight at 10. Let's see. Let's do one more. We got uh, Christine in Middletown. Hey, Greg. I was How just talking about up? you. Yes, I just heard. I, I got to chime in. I got to tell anyone, if anyone thinks that a minor age kid should get puberty blockers or HRT or surgery, they are so wrong. It's child abuse. Take it from me. What I take each day will have permanent effects. It, it doesn't belong for a minor age kids. I don't know why people think that this is a good idea. It's kind of sick that they do and that they're pushing it. By the way, Governor Glenn Youngkin a uh, real superstar down there in Virginia. He's a Republican. Uh, he beat Terry McAuliffe. Just came out with a new policy in Virginia that if a child, let's say a boy, suddenly says to the teacher, I want to be identified as a girl, my real name is Sally, call me Sally, and I want to use the girls' room, they don't just accept that. Papers have to be filed with the state. The parents, excuse me, have to be involved. 
and they have to sign you're not going to get some substitute teacher to say oh okay and rearrange a child's life without telling the parents that just came down i think uh today hey one more uh and then i really got to go roger what do you want to say about tyrus well first of all greg you're a great you're a great uh inspiration to a lot of people um i'm a big dennis prager fan but i will tell you the truth um i only listen to him a little bit you guys compete he's a wonderful man but i just love your you know your your absolute viver for 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 new york and what we do and uh but but the biggest thing i want to say is tyrus i've been watching i've been watching greg and tyrus and even and, and even cat who i love she's a little nuts but and they are entertaining at the same time telling people where the real world should be. And um, I, I give Tyrus the, the, the biggest kudos. Same to you. And I will tell you, it's a great little side story. Please keep me on. Your dad played drums at Peter Valone Jr.'s 50th birthday in Astoria, which is where I'm from. And I'm dear friends with the family. While I sang, you really got me <laughs> by... The Tink's version, actually. So, <laughs> anyway, Greg, keep on doing what you're doing, brother. You're 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 killing it. Hey, and, Roger, and, and, thanks so much, my dad. I, he may be listening. He is good at those drums. So you should have seen it growing up. Uh, I'm sure he remembers Peter Valone Jr., a great man, just like his dad. Hey, Roger, thank you, Tyrus, thank you, and Greg. And you're right; those guys are substantive and interesting and entertaining, entertaining at the same time. All right, it's the. Uh, Top of the hour, almost the top, bottom of the top of the hour. I'll be back in a couple. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So just a very quick recap that Joe Biden opened the borders and he did it on purpose, in part because he was told to by the George Soros's of the world, the far left orthodoxy, the open borders crowd. Uh, the money-hungry globalists and the uh, the woke left. Uh, it's not necessarily a uh, always uh, obvious association, those two groups, those two philosophies, but the globalists, they want the cheap labor, and the far left, they want the votes. And Joe Biden pledged, pledged, and he urged, he urged the surge. Remember, I want them to surge the border. What is your message to all of those people who are in the Central Americas and in the, in South America, I want them to surge the border, he said it in 2019. That's the message. Come. Come to America. And they did. And it's an utter catastrophe. Total crisis. I think that's what they want. They really do. They're trying to destroy America. They don't like America. They don't like anything about it. Bunch of white supremacists, oh, you know, guilty of the original sin of slavery. We haven't gotten over anything, right? It's all, it's all a patriarchy, right? That's what they think. They hate this place. They hate it. And Joe Biden literally made a deal with the devil to get power for himself. And now we ain't got no border, all right? And uh, you know, for liberals, 
it's uh, it's not a big deal. Obviously, now they're confronted with it. They're embarrassed by it. And they go so far as to accuse DeSantis and Greg Abbott of human trafficking. What? A coach bus? A coach bus? That's human. A voluntary trip on a coach bus is human trafficking in full view of the public, right? Treating these people like human beings, actually. Giving them the option, putting them in a... You know, some of these things, I don't want to say they're luxury, but sometimes they write luxury on the side. They're comfortable, they're air-conditioned, they're beautiful. And why is the left so upset about that? And not a peep, not a word about when they die. These migrants smuggled into America, they die every day. They drown in the Rio Grande every day. Every You don't hear about it. And when it's really, really, really big, you barely hear about it. Maybe. Did you know 47 people died in a truck this summer? Migrants from south of the border. Excuse me, 53. Most of the 53 migrants who died in what appears to be the deadliest human smuggling case in modern U.S. history have been identified, according to authorities, on July 6, 2022. 2022, July 6th. That's two months ago. It's a little over two months ago. Did you hear about this? The deadliest. <laughs> no, you haven't. As of Wednesday, the Baxar County Medical Examiner's Office has conclusively identified 47 of the people found dead inside an abandoned tractor trailer in San Antonio last week. Of them, 22 were from Mexico. 19 from Guatemala, and 6 from Honduras. Their ages range from 13 to 55. The medical examiner's office also released a list of the names, ages, and nationalities of 22 of the migrants already identified. Four of the fatal victims were minors, Guatemalan teens, Pasquale Melvin Guchach and Juan Wilmore Tulu Tapaz. The first one was 13, the second one 14. They're the youngest victims so far of those identified, alongside Mexican 16-year-olds Michelle Alvarez Monterde and Yavani Valencia Alvarez. Different casualties have been assisting the medical exam. Different consultants have been assisting the medical examiner's office in the process of identifying all the fatal victims. On June 27, San Antonio police and Homeland Security investigators found 64 migrants, some inside the truck in the sweltering Texas heat and others in its vicinity, according to the U.S. attorney for the Western District of Texas. Forty-eight of them died at the scene and 16 others were transported to hospitals. Five of those 16 died at the hospital. You know, did Joe Biden make a trip to, to, to visit this? Did he? No, he didn't. Homero Zamora Jr., 45, is facing one count of alien smuggling, resulting in the death. Uh, and Christian Martinez, 28, is facing one count of conspiracy to transport migrants, resulting in death. Uh, let's see here. Other people involved. Weapons possession. Hmm. Maybe we could upchart. Maybe, actually... I've heard Joe Biden described as the biggest coyote in history. He's responsible. Department of Homeland Security is responsible. Kamala Harris is responsible. The mainstream media is responsible. 
the left, you name it, those who accept this. And I give Fox News a hard time. I will tell you what, at least they got that Bill Malugin guy down there at the border, basically full time, calling attention to this horror. And not only is it so dangerous for these poor people, it's rearranging society here in ways that we have not yet come to, we can't even begin, come close to coming to terms with what this all means. You know, I love legal immigration. I, I showed it last night. There's this, the most beautiful picture. I think I'm going to put it on my Twitter. I'm going to like put it, pin it, make it the most important picture on my, on my uh, profile. It's from 2020, the Republican National Convention and immigrants being taking the oath of citizenship and president trump is there and first they t- they say the pledge of allegiance and you got one from south america you've got one from africa you've got one from india you got one from uh east asia you know all over the world and it's beautiful and these are great people quite frankly it would have been beautiful if they were it doesn't really matter but it is kind of nice actually you know I grew up watching that show on TV Saturday mornings, The Big Blue Marble. Ever see that show and you learn about other countries? I always loved this stuff. I actually did. You know, I, I, the world's an interesting place. I used to actually, as a kid, like the United Nations. It's always interesting to meet somebody from another country. But if they decide to come here and they do it legally and they actually become a citizen, you should look up that citizenship oath because they've got to promise things that regular Americans who are born here don't have to promise. They have to promise to pick up arms to defend this country. Yes, they do. It's in there. They take a solemn oath. I'm going to take them for their word for it. I really am. That means that they really had to think about it. So that's good. Legal immigration, great. Support our values, our collective American values. And it doesn't matter what the damn color of your skin is. Stop talking about that, especially you white liberals. Here I am saying don't talk about color of the skin. But one of the reasons why I keep picking on these white liberals is they, it's a virtue signal. They're the ones who are obsessed with it. Here's Professor Pape. This guy, how do you become a professor? Seems it must be pretty easy to me. This crackpot is on Face the Nation. Oh, shoot. I didn't get to run that. Did I? Do I have it? Yes, I do, actually. Here it is. Cut 50. Cut 50. Face the nation. Also known as disgrace the nation. Cut 50. Professor Pape. The first driver is this fear of the great replacement. The idea that the Democratic Party is uh, replacing the current electorate, the current white electorate, with more uh, minority voters from the third world. It is a conspiracy theory, but it's not just on fringe social media like Parler, Gab, 4chan, 8chan. This is every day on Fox News. It's on Newsmax. Well... He's not watching Newsmax. He's just throwing out things, okay? He's just throwing. He's sitting there big, fat, and white. Like, look at me. Oh, these white people are afraid of this. It's not about the color of anyone's skin. It's about values. It's about coming here legally so we can figure out that you're on our side. You got that? All right? That you can take an oath, that you can study our history, what we are, our Constitution, that you will promise to defend this way of life. Then, absolutely, you check all the boxes, welcome. Absolutely welcome. It's interesting, actually, when it comes to the so-called great replacement theory, who I've only heard crazy liberals talk about that. 
They're actually advocating it in a strange way. They keep saying, and I heard Joe Biden do this recently, he said, you all Hispanics, you're going to be owning and running this country. You're going to be you're going to own this country. Well, I don't know really what that means. How about Americans owning the country? I, I, he seems to think that Hispanics, if they gain power, will act in a certain way that will probably benefit Joe Biden politically, that they'll automatically vote left. Um, you know, this is the same guy who told Charlemagne the God. Is that his name? Charlemagne the God. What is up with that? I think he's a cool guy. The more I learn about him, I like him, except his name. Charlemagne, he's a very big DJ slash talk show host. He's gifted. He's great. But he's the one who was shut down by Joe Biden. Uh, Charlemagne said, hey, listen, you know, thanks for being on the show. I got more questions for you. So we'll get to them later next time. Hey, and Joe Biden says, if you got questions as to whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That's the that's the definition of racism right there. He is a racist bigot, Joe Biden. Absolutely. All right, getting back to Charlemagne. What the hell is up with his name? Kevin, you anybody you guys know? Yeah, so he I'm seeing it here. He actually used Charlemagne um derived from his street name as a drug dealer, which was Charles. He was known as Charles on the streets before he whoa, grew whoa, to become whoa, who he was whoa, today. Whoa, 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 whoa. He was a drug dealer? Yeah, here it says he went by Charles back in the day. Well, you based Charlemagne off of that uh, nickname, Charles. Well, Charlemagne, hey, I don't care what you call you, Charlemagne, Charlie, Charles, Chuck, who cares? It's the God part. It's his last name. Now, what is that all about? It's, uh, basically, it's, he thinks it sounded cool. Uh, there's no, there's no actual How reason. How do you I'm spell here. it? How do you spell it? T H A space G O D. Yeah, it's very weird. He shouldn't be calling himself that. Why, why would he do that? What a crazy guy. I understand he's, um, I don't know. Look, from what I've seen, I like him. He's not afraid to call. A... <laughs> Did you ever see Kamala Harris get really mad at him? That was beautiful. Uh, but who the heck called Nick's nicknames himself that? Uh, for nah, Never mind. Uh, they used to call me Thor in the military for about 10 minutes. It was the coolest. It was I was called Thor, king of all things manly. And I love that nickname. And I made a patch, and I put it on my uniform, and then the CO, the boss of the squadron, was like, what's that all about? I'm like, well, uh, they gave me this nickname, and uh, no, we're not going to be calling you that. <laughs> Just That's too cool for a new guy. We had a uh, – there was a bit of a system and how it worked. Hey, what's going on with Dershowitz? I like him a lot. He called in, and everyone's uh, making noise about Dershowitz. Can I hear him, please? Alan Dershowitz, professor of the universe, cut five. Lucas Vineyard is, a, is, a, is an island of hypocrites. Uh, you know, they banned me from the library. They banned my books in the library because I defended President Trump in front of the Senate. You know, these are people who, if it was somebody on the other side of the political spectrum, they would adore a lawyer who defended the constitutional rights of Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton. But if you defend the constitutional rights of uh, Donald Trump on Martha's Vineyard, you're thrown off the island. We're not going to throw me off the island, but they're certainly trying hard to do so. So I only have contempt for a lot of these hypocrites on the vineyard who, you know, say good things. And then when it comes to accepting uh, people, they say, no, 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 we don't want them in our backyard. Good for you, Professor Dershowitz. This guy kicks ass. He continues to do it. There should be more people out there. And maybe you're not Professor Dershowitz, okay? But whoever you are, you got to do a couple of things, all right? If you believe in this, if you want to save the country, 
We've gone through it before. You got to uh, number one, stand up and be counted. All right, don't keep your head down. Know your rights by the Constitution. Read or download it. You can download it for free. Read it. Let's get familiar with it. This wasn't written for um, scholars. It's written for the ordinary person. Okay, we can all understand it. Number two, obviously vote, but give money. This Zeldin guy, uh, I like him. He's great. We, if New York is one in this situation, if a Republican can't win this time around with this chaos, what hope is there? And something tells me that the left, as nuts as they are at the dinner parties and all that nonsense they spout, that deep down at some core level, when they see a guy go on a rampage in McDonald's and they find out that he's already out of jail, that he can get into the face of a woman, threaten her while holding an axe, and not be placed in custody. And that the governor of New York State, who has power, there you can look it up. There are things that the governor can do. I am sick of hearing about the bail reform law. Yes, we're going to fix that. We're going to work on that. But that ain't happening tomorrow. All right, there are all kinds of creative. You got to be creative. The law, the ju- there are things you can do. Lawyers happen to disagree on the law all the time. What it says, what it means, maybe it means this. I think we could go in there, do what you got, stretch the law if you got to, okay? Find a reason to keep this guy in custody. I can only hope that the NYPD is following him around. I mean, talk about probable cause, right? They're probable cause to think he's going to do this again? There's a million different reasons. And then arrest him for spitting in the street, whatever. Find a reason. We can do that. It's done before. Hell, they do it to President Trump all the time. Boy, oh, boy, they really are beating up on that guy. Although they're not beating up on him hard. Did you see the video? Oh, I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, as Thelma said to Norton, what do you want? Remember that? Oh, God, what a great episode. Uh, Ralph and Alice hire a maid. Fantastic. The Honeymooners always makes me happy. Sandra from New Jersey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Fine. What's going on? I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Yes. Okay. I called today to talk about Alan Morton Dershowitz. Um, You know, he just released his book. Which is called. Yeah, uh, all right. What about him? Okay. So basically, what I want to say is he's getting hurt in many ways, like you said before on the radio that you showed. Yeah. Not being accepted to the temple part. I understand. Right. Okay. So my point is these are all characteristics of socialism. So he's helping Trump. I'm so happy about that. He's helping Mike Lindell as well. But then he goes on to say, I like Biden. I voted for Biden. I'm going to vote for him again, even though I'm very, very disappointed in how he's doing these days. Now, what I wanted to say is he and then he says, I would never vote for Trump. And he rubs it in. That's the part I don't. Well, like. I mean, well, part of it, a, I understand. Part of it, I think, is his brand. You know what I mean? And and it, it to some extent, it's effective. You know what I mean? Like, look at me. I I agree. I'm a, I'm a Democrat. I'm a liberal Democrat. But this is wrong. You know, it's it does set him apart from the usual crop, and they're all great people of conservative lawyers who stick up for Trump. It it, it makes it does, and I I actually 
genuinely believe him. I think he's a uh, he's a liberal. He leans left and he supports uh, Bill and Hillary and all that stuff. But that's okay. You can be left. You can actually agree with the social policies of the left. But he he's in love with the Constitution and and he knows what's going on is wrong. So I'm okay. I'm going to take his word for it. Sometimes he overdoes it a little bit, emphasizing it. What do you want? He's a talented guy. He's entitled to his own personal views. No, I'm just saying that all the things that are hurting him, that's what the other side seems to do. So why would he want to? Well, the other, no, it's not the other side. I mean, the classic other side is not for that. I mean, what's happening right now is not the traditional Democrat approach. He's a traditional Democrat. This stuff is, oh, okay. this, I mean, this is my interpretation. This stuff is socialist, right. communist, crazy stuff. I mean, John F. Kennedy was a, was a Democrat. Do you think he'd sign up for any of this nonsense? So, no, you know, I yeah, I, I, I give him, uh, you know, I'm going to give him some space on this one and his book, okay. Integrity Counts. Yeah. We should all support Alan Dershowitz. He's a great man. In fact, I'm going to have him on the radio this week. Thank you for that, uh, Sandra. As always, let's see here. Uh, Chris in Staten Island. Yes. How are you doing, sir? Uh, full disclosure, we were on the same uh, public affairs unit with the Marine Corps back in the day. Uh, okay. Uh, who are you? Who, who am I? Um, I was a gunnery sergeant. Uh, oh, I think I remember my... you. All right. So what's your point? Welcome back. Good to see okay. you. Good to hear from you. What's going on? Okay. Yeah. Simplify and all that. The, uh, <laughs> the, the point I want to make is when you were talking about the, uh, you know, the woke military and I think of, you know, uh, the chief uniformed officer, uh, Mark Milley saying how he under, he had understood Stan white rage. Hmm. And I thought at that point he needed to just fall on his sword because he – what an embarrassment at that point. And I think of a movie that's coming out in the fall. I mean it's another commercial for the Navy, but it's, it's uh, accurately you know, based on true uh, facts called devotion, and it's about the efforts of uh, Thomas Hudner trying to save his wingman, uh, who was the first African-American naval aviator, Jesse Brown. Um, he was unable to. Uh, this is during the. All right, it's called. It's, it's called devotion. Called devotion. Okay, I'll be looking coming. for the movie. I'll be looking for the movie. But one thing you're right about Millie, and that's the least of it. I mean, when he said, "I want to know about white rage," and I'm white, he also went on and on and on in that apology. He apologized for appearing with the president of the United States. I wish Trump made a couple of mistakes. One of them was not firing that guy immediately. You know, he said something like, uh, in the Army, there is no place for implicit bias, and we must root it out. We must find it. He had no idea what he was talking about. Implicit bias, by the way, is a theory. And it just may be, if it does exist, it may be impossible to detect. That's the kind of thing that you can experiment with all you want and talk about if you work at Berkeley as a professor. But he's the top general in the military for him to be screwing around with that kind of crap, with that kind of woke crap, has put us in danger. And if you doubt me, just look at Afghanistan. Hey, Chris, Marine, thanks a lot. I'll see you later. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, I really don't watch much local news, but it stinks. It really stinks. I'm looking at New York One. I worked there 20 years ago. Uh, but now, every time they they're doing, they have this. They repeat the news every like ten minutes. It's like over and over again the same news. And they got a story up there: Kathy Hochul announcing plan to install cameras on subways. 
just in time for election day, right? Okay. Um, and they got video of her, you know, making a tour of the of a, of a subway, and they have her on camera, and they have like a pilot car, subway car. It's too close to the election to just give her this story. You got to then spend at least the equal amount of time talking about what Lee Zeldin is doing. Everything she does has got to be looked through a political prism. Everything she does, everything she did ever since she became governor was all with an eye on getting elected uh, herself. Because remember, she's not an incumbent in a traditional sense. She is uh, well, an accidental governor. And it's just incredible to me that all these local news programs are falling for it, in part because they're all lazy. You know, if you ever looked at a, a news um, program, the internal programs around which they build a TV show, it's all little slots. It's all basically fill in the blank. It's fill in the blank news. You know, oh, okay, so tonight at 11, and then you tease this, and then you, you, then you promote that. And then the governor, what is news? The news these days is whatever somebody emails you. Okay, oh, the governor's office sent us something. Mm, let's make... Oh, the mayor's office announcing a new initiative. Okay, yeah, you see, and they fill their space. They fill it up. Um, No commentary, which is desperately needed. People already know about this stuff. They know what's happening. They need a little bit of context, a little bit of perspective. At least it makes it a bit more interesting. Uh, But it's woke, it's weird, and it's totally, totally biased. And they're working very hard. Well, not really working very hard. I shouldn't say it like that. They're just kind of going with the flow and helping Kathy Hochul. Well, that's wrong. And there used to be guidelines and restrictions and regulations about this stuff. I mean, formal governmental regulations, equal time. You got to talk about the other guy. And the other guy right now is Lee Zeldin. I think you got to give him money. You got to, uh, you got to vote for him. I'm not formally endorsing anybody. Oh, by the way, but. You also got to look at other guys around the country. If you start, you know what? You will be wooed. You'll get a lot of attention, maybe more than you want, but they'll start sending you email after email asking you for support. Uh, But a small donor is a lot more important than a big donor. You want a lot of small donors, not just one big donor. Um, Unless you're uh, Kathy Hochul. She seems totally fine with the big donors, just like that guy from a company called Digital Gadgets who gave her $300,000. And Digital Gadgets, a company that used to market uh, hoverboards, remember those, suddenly gets a $600 million contract for rapid at-home COVID testing. Did you go to the state? Did you go to the state of New York for your COVID test? I didn't. Did I ever get COVID tested? Once I had to go get COVID tested. They made me. And uh, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. I lost taste for about a half a day, and that was about it. Um but we got to focus on the other side here. And Ron Johnson in Wisconsin is a great American. He's the guy who's been beating the drum about the Hunter Biden laptop. Can you imagine that? Joe Biden goes on national television. He go, He's in front of the press every single day. He gets questions, not formal press conferences, but he's within reach of the national media. His son, at all of his shenanigans, we now know this was not Russia disinformation. It was him. It's totally legitimate. It's a legitimate story. And somehow they have manipulated the mainstream media from not even asking the question. He goes on 60 Minutes, the most watched television news program, I think, in the world. Somehow old habits die hard. It's boring. It's woke. Anderson Cooper's on it. 
who, but well, I'll talk about Anderson. I actually have run across him a couple of times. Nice guy, interesting, but man, he just the Trump derangement syndrome affected him as well. What was, what was I getting? At? Oh yeah, sixty minutes. They didn't ask about the border. They didn't ask about crime, and they didn't in any serious way ask about the Hunter Biden laptop. He just gets away with it. Are we going to let him get away with it? Of course not. Of course not. Election day. Hey, it's seven weeks. How many is it? Is it how many weeks is it from today? I think it's seven weeks from today. How about that, huh? That's going to be a big one. That's going to be seven weeks, 49 days, 49 days. Are you ready, Stephen? Stephen's calling from Manhattan. Yes. Thank you very much, Greg. I appreciate your program, and uh, you're doing a great job. And I I have a very interesting pitch for uh, Dr. Oz out in Pennsylvania. I'm on the same page as you, and it goes like this. PA needs a better man than Fetterman. Corny, corny, too corny. It's corny, sure it's corny, but the United States and people in the United States are corny. They need a better man than Fetterman. (laughs) That's not, I mean, yeah, back to the laboratory. I like it. It's it's cute, but I don't know if it's going to move the needle, but it may not hurt. Any other bright ideas? Well, the I, sure I do. I'll remind you about something we spoke about that you liked, liked a couple of months ago, which has to do with uh, an underground body harvesting cartel in the United States. I think I, mean, I would. Oh, oh, that thing about your you think that the crime wave. One of the reasons why no one's doing about it is because they they want to sell the organs of these young people for money. Right. Bodies, bodies, organs, you know, well, bodies, the organs, the dead people. And where did you get that, by the way? From my brain. You just I know. Well, do you have any supporting evidence? I mean, it's interesting. It's compelling. It's a wild theory that. But, you know, are you able to back it up in in investigating at all? But we know from the world that it happens all over the world, and the United uh, China does it. And, you know, the United States has a legal above-board uh, network for body body parts. But this is but don't call it body parts. I mean, let's call it organ donation, okay? Organ donation, uh, scientific use, you know, bo- bo- you know uh, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know who else does it? Afghanistan. Kids over there, parents are having the kids sell kidneys. Yeah, I was intrigued. I wanted to, and I it told you, it reminded me of the movie Coma, from a long time ago, which is a very good movie, kind of interesting. Nobody ever talks about it anymore. Uh, thank you, pal, very much. I want to go to Mike and Comac. What's going on? Yeah, Greg, uh, I tried to watch uh, your Newsmax last night again, and uh, the the picture just goes a blank. What is your um, okay? What okay? Jimmy, what 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 cable uh, thing do you have? I have Verizon. The channel six one five for me. Besides them taking one American news, which was six one six, they took that off the air. Now I'm having problems with watching you at night. I called the FCC up last week, and I told them about it. So they got a hold of Verizon. The next day, Verizon calls me and asks me what happened. I just I told them exactly what happened. Now why is this happening? To this channel, the only channel that I have problems with. Wow, you called the FCC? Yes. Wait, you all yes. called the cable company? Wait, and they got back to you that fast? 
I'm impressed. Yes, We're they, on the right track. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm impressed, too. But they're going to get another call because it's happening again. Well, do me a favor. Write some letters as well. I got all, I, something very fishy is going on. All right. I getting, I'm getting complaints like this. Hundreds, thousands of complaints. They're screwing with my show on Newsmax. And I want to know why. I want to know who's behind it. Something ain't right. You know, yeah. I'm on at 10 o'clock now. A lot of people don't even know it was moved, but it's on at 10 o'clock and they're still screwing with it. Somebody, somebody somewhere is screwing with the signal of my show. Try well, this is a digital what? signal. It's not coming from the air. Well, I, well, I don't know how it works digitally, whatever. It's signal, digital. I mean, well, I, what difference does it make? Air, cable, whatever. Something, something's going on, right? Because it's hard-lined to come into my household. And yeah, dude, I mean, you're making it sound like it's impossible for this to be happening, but it's happening, and I know it's happening. I'm hearing it elsewhere. I want to find out what's going on. I'm glad the FCC gave you a call back, but I don't trust them. Yes. Well, I, I was very surprised with them. I said, listen, I was expecting to get a response like DMV, but, I, you know, so I said, uh, but I was happy that, you know, she answered it. She took my call and she made the, the complaint to Verizon, which was. Well, great. remember this, Democrats, now, Democrats in Congress were actually talking out loud about deplatforming conservative uh, platforms, deplatforming conservatives. They 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 want to do that. I still think I don't trust the FCC. I really don't. I'm sorry. Just that's one thing that Biden could have done on Inauguration Day. If you really wanted to unify the country, let the January Sixers go. They didn't break anything. They didn't hurt anybody. Number two, stop the impeachment of Donald Trump. And number three, quit messing big tech with conservatives online. All right? The more you try to censor us, the stronger, the bigger we're going to become. You can't stop the truth. You can't stop freedom. You can try. You can win for a moment. You can win for a day. But we will prevail. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, I'm back. Hey, this Greg Kelly for mayor thing ain't going away. <laughs> more and more people are. And now, uh, I, could this become something? I think it could. I think it could. Now, I don't necessarily want to do it. It would be a great big pain in the neck. But, but, the way I see things happening over the next, uh, let's see here, year or so, is uh, Eric is going to be the nominee uh, for a lot of different weird Democrat Party reasons and identity politics, right? And there won't be a significant Republican to uh, oppose him. And even if there is, he'll be like a rich guy who's uh, but not well known. OK, he'll be a good guy or woman, but won't have the won't have a clue. So that I'm not going to just sit by and watch this uh, derelict ruin this city anymore. I'm just not if that is the condition, if that's the situation and no one's going to step up, I would do it as an independent. I know I could raise the money and uh, I could run circles around this guy and I can call him out for what he is, an ignorant, racist fool who has no business in public life whatsoever. All right. It would be a pleasure to take him out. Now, it would also be a great big pain in the neck and it would be it would be. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I would do it. I would do it for you, and I would do it for my own family. I do it. Uh, I really would. It would be sacrifice. It really would be a sacrifice. You know, they talk about 
public service, public sacrifice, you know, most of them know. They just want jobs. They want the next job. They want a bigger job. And they have nothing to lose. Eric Adams had nothing to lose. Going from Brooklyn Borough president, who counts on that guy for anything? Who counts? Who's the Brooklyn Borough president now? Right. See what I mean? <laughs> who's the Manhattan Borough president? Isn't it amazing that these people even pay, take paychecks? <laughs> so I've got the greatest people in the world around here to talk to. i got Rudy Giuliani down the hall. Curtis Slewa comes in every day. I got Ray Kelly, the greatest police commissioner in history. I could get pointers from all these guys. Uh, and we'll see. All right, we'll see. You know, Joe Biden became president of the United States. How did he do that? How did, he knew in all likelihood that he was going to be president someday on that crazy day in 1972. And he was 29 years old and he becomes a U.S. senator from Delaware. Why? Because he. He was the sacrificial lamb. He ran for the United States Senate as a 29-year-old. He was supposed to lose. Even he thought he was going to lose. And that state is smaller than St. Lawrence County, New York State. It's a very small place with very few people. I think he got like 35,000 votes, and it made him a United States senator. And back in those days, that was the path to the presidency. You had to go to the Senate first. Generally, these days, that's it's different. you got to be a governor. Uh, but look at what happened to that guy. Crazy. And we're living with it. We're living with it. That corrupt fool. One more time. Let's see what happened on. Did you see it? I think this is going to stay with him forever. And you should be seeing this in campaign commercials. Uh, let's see. Where, 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 where did he say that about inflation, please? Where he's so tone deaf and doesn't give a damn and he gets angry. Can you go ahead and play that for me? Nah, just not yes or no. You don't know. You don't know. It's all right. Uh, let me find it for you. It's uh, cut. Uh, no, shoot. What happened to it? Ah, here we go. Mm, cut 30. Cut 30. Mr. President, as you know, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.0. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month is just uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. Yeah, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's been, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that, but guess what? We are. We're in a position where, for the last several months, it hasn't spiked. It has just barely. It's been basically even. So incredibly out of touch. And by the way, getting basic things wrong about U.S. foreign policy. I already told you all that stuff about strategic ambiguity. We're not supposed to say out loud that we'll defend Taiwan militarily. I knew that in eighth grade when I wrote my paper for Mr. Denley. And I used to show off for the girls because I could say a term like strategic ambiguity. And I felt so smart. And I guess I, well, smarter than Joe Biden. Because you're not supposed to say this kind of crap out loud. Cut 37, please. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging their being independent. We're not let That's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if, in fact, there was an unprecedented attack. 
Yes, we're not supposed to say that. That's our policy. Has been for a long time. And here, the guy's kind of surprised. And, and the White House, by the way, freaked out. They had to take it back. But Joe kept going. Cut 38. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. Yes. In the moment, he just wants to sound good in the moment. That's what it's all about with him. And he can't keep up with policy. He's just he's just struggling to make it through, you know, to get through that interview with his dignity intact. Um, let's see. And again, he's confused this issue a million times, I think, by the way, because it's he's so tight with President Xi. I mean, really tight. I mean, who knows what the Chinese have on him. And somehow you might think, oh, this is him talking tough on on China. No, maybe it's to disguise just how close he is to China, because this is not the first time he's made this mistake. It's not the first time the White House has had to pick up the mess, clean up the mess. This is back in May, cut 39. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are. (laughs) That's the commitment we made. Yeah, no, it's not, big mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Very, very odd situation. All right. So, uh, hey, Kevin, can I ask you something? Sure. Uh, You're 24 years old, right? I'm sorry? You're 24. Correct. You're very smart. And you know, I, you. I think you're great on the radio. You do a lot of sports, right? Yes, I do. Why do you dress like you're still in seventh grade? And how let me mean? give you an, well, how do I mean? How do, how do, what do I mean? What do I mean? You're wearing short pants. You got a t-shirt on. Yesterday you had a basketball jersey on and you're wearing a hat backwards. This is not the way a young man who's a professional dress. This goes for all you guys back there. What has happened to the world? Whatever happened to getting a little bit dressed up? I'm not saying you got to wear a three-piece suit. I'm not even saying you got to wear a tie. But do you have to wear the ball cap backwards? It's just my style. It's just your style. You and Tyrus. I don't get it, everybody. And the short pants? Cargo shorts. It's not the summer anymore. All right. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm maybe it was 82 degrees outside. Today. May, maybe it's me. It's not that hot out. Actually, it's not that hot. And even if it is, it's a look, you graduated from college. Now you're in the workforce. You can't look like you're in eighth grade. Fair enough. I'm telling you, this could help you. Maybe a little older than eighth grade. No, you, no, 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 no. You definitely dress like you're in eighth grade. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. You look. I mean, come on. I mean, I know you're not eighth grade because you have facial hair and stuff like that. But and you're tall. All right. Well, I, uh, I'll try I, to do better. How about you're that? You're not picking up what I'm putting down, and that's uh, well, that's your right. I mean, I'll do better. No, no, that's not my call. I'm not the boss. Believe me, I'm not the boss. All right, let me ask uh, Eddie uh, from the Bronx. Eddie, you got anything? Hey, Greg, how you doing? I don't know. Things have just gotten a little Greg, bit awkward, thanks to me. What? Hey, Greg, can you Yeah, I can. Me? I got you. What's up? Yeah, yeah listen, Tomahawk Man, Hatchet Man. Uh, the criminal justice system completely screwed that up. I mean, clearly this this man acted with depraved indifference to human life in that McDonald's yesterday. 
we probably have felony criminal mischief, felony reckless endangerment. And what should have happened at arraignment is they should have uh, taken out an Article 730 criminal procedure law order, which would have sent him to Bellevue Hospital to determine if he was mentally incapacitated, which by all accounts he probably is. He's talking about using a hatchet on cars and on trees in the street. So we have a failing criminal justice system. And, you know, hey, hold on. Stop. I agree with you. But so everybody says, oh, it's the bail law. We have no choice. We have no choice. As I point as you point out and I pointed out to the judge, there are options. The prosecutor could have done stuff. The, the, The judge still has some discretion. How do you know all this stuff? Code 730 and all that stuff. Like, what do you how do you know all that? Sorry, Deputy Warden from Rikers. I spent five years of my career in Central Booking, and I know you—I I know your dad a couple. I was with him a couple of times. Won't all right. Well, I knew you were a professional. I knew you were a professional. So there are options. We can't just say, "Oh, the bail law." Well, we have nothing to do with the bail law. We could do plenty, especially these judges. Too many of these judges are weak and woke and weird, right, Eddie? No question about it. But no doubt in my paramilitary mind, brother. But they should have invoked. They should have had a seven thirty Article seven thirty, and even the NYPD. They could have EDP this guy to Bellevue. The cops could have should have taken him to Bellevue when they arrested him, and held him for seventy two hours under the mental hygiene law. These people just don't know what they're doing. And then you know where he would have ended up, Greg. He would have ended up in C ninety five on Rikers Island in mental observation housing. You know, I, I some I raised this yesterday, and somebody says, "Well, then they could sue the NYPD." Give me a break. You know what? They're suing all the time. Let them sue. Let them sue. All right. And maybe he'll win. We can't worry about that. All right. I, I keep hearing about these people, these timid people who are afraid. Oh, they could sue us. Well, let the chips fall where they may. We got to do the right thing. Eddie, good stuff, man. I appreciate the call. All of you, I appreciate it. I'll be on the Newsmax show at 10 o'clock. Hey, I hope the signal holds up. Sounds like Big Brother or somebody somewhere doesn't want you to see my show. I'm very suspicious of what's going on. I'm on to it. I am on to it. All right, thank you. I'll see you later. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Greg, Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.